Hello, everybody. Crypto traders around the world. We're back with another episode of Crypto Talk Radio, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net, a.k.a. Basic Cryptonomics. Thank you for joining here today. My name is Leister. I'm your host. We've got a couple topics I want to go through. First, let's get the particulars out of the way, and then we'll jump right into this. Once again, that site is CryptoTalkRadio.net. That's where you're going to find all of our past, present, and future podcast episodes. The podcast is on all major podcasting platforms as well. Feel free to check that out. Let us know what you think. Link at the top says contact. Click that. Fill out the form. Come straight in. We read each and every one of those. We appreciate hearing feedback from our listeners, whether you're a subscriber or not. We would appreciate your subscription if you're a first-time listener. We again welcome you here. We think you're going to find it's completely different from any other crypto podcast that's out there. And hopefully you get great enrichment to the point that you feel like you want to spread the word out there. The last thing I'll call out is our triad membership. The triad is where we are trying to build a community of serious investors, not the kids that say the word Jeet and say the word Keck and can't half read. We're talking serious investors that believe there's something to this cryptocurrency thing and they want to talk to other grown adults, other serious people. Get away from the toxicity. Check it out on the site. Click on triad. It'll tell you about our different tiers for joining the full on triad. If you still have questions, you can join us in our discord channel. CryptoTalkRadio.net slash Discord will take you straight there. And anybody will be happy to answer any questions you may have. Given that, let's go ahead and jump right into our content for today's episode. A very special episode after a very trying day for your guy Leister here at CryptoTalkRadio.net. Welcome if you're new. I'll give a quick personal update very, very quick, and we'll get into our special episode today. I committed to our Discord channel, that I was going to talk about hardware wallets today, given the ledger fiasco and them idiots not know what the hell they're doing. So I, I am going to be talking about hardware wallets today. Vast majority of my coverage. Personal update, just fast, I think it's important. So first endeavor, they're trying to shift it to where I'm basically going to double how much money I make. And I'm not, I'm not exaggerating when I say that. It's a lot of freaking money. For the first... That takes effect on Monday. Monday's, of course, a holiday, so I won't get paid there, but I'll get paid for Tuesday through. My current contact, so this is the idiot that I'm trying to get rid of. This dude, he, he's he got me twisted. He doesn't seem to understand. I'm I'm essentially his boss because I work for myself. I don't work for him. I, I'm i his doorway to a check. If I don't work, I, it's I don't work. I simply don't show up for him, and I don't send him anything. And if I don't send him anything, he gets nothing. So... He flies blind unless I call the shots, but he's trying to bow up. You know, he's trying to act like he's the boss and I got to kind of check him. So we, I cut him off. I sent him a letter and just told him we're done. As of effectively tomorrow, we're done. I'm done with you. I'm not messing with you no more. And then check this out. I sent him a telegram. No, not telescam. I'm talking a real telegram. You know, like the old Western Union days, a real telegram. You could still send these things. The reason I did that is to make sure it was hand-delivered to his hand. This is why you effed up and why you keep on messing with me. I just need the opportunity with the endeavor, the client, saying, no, we want to keep you. What do we need to do to keep you? Let's bump up your money to keep you because we see that you're awesome like that. And now I can get rid of this idiot. So I wanted to make sure it was in writing, hand-delivered. You're done, bro. You're done. And the reason he's done, missing freaking payments, which I will not abide not responding to my emails because I told him you need to respond when I send you this freaking invoice. You better email me back and confirm you got it. He refused to do it. He wouldn't do anything. So he's just doing his own thing and playing it like he's the boss. And so I had to cut him and be like, look, dude, no, 
So one of two things is going to happen. He can try, he's trying now to try to get involved with the client and try to say, client, you can't do this. You can't do this. He has no contract with the client. His contract's with me. His contract straight says, we are both independent. I am not beholden to them. I can't bind them. He is not beholden to me. He can't bind me. It's his own contract. So I walk and he doesn't seem to agree. I don't really care. So he can try to take me off the court. The client doesn't care. They're ignoring him. I'm ignoring him and he can do whatever he's going to do. I already have shifted around my accounts just in case he tries to debit the account. Cause you know, when you do a deposit agreement, it gives you authorization to, de- to debit as well. He can try. He won't have anything in there. That's why I do the ATM run and my message to everybody else. That's why I got at least five bank accounts floating around cyberspace. So that was what I had to deal with is this joker emailing and basically spamming all over the crazy talking about non-competes when there's no non-compete. He has an agreement with me that I'm cutting off and he seems to think I can't. And that's like, oh, no, dude, no, you got me twisted. You got me all kind of effed up. But if it does go to court, I'm going to point to the judge and say, check this clause. It says we are independent. He cannot bind me. He cannot commit me. It's in his own freaking contract. He didn't read the damn thing. So I'll, I'll see myself out, judge. You go ahead and find him for wasting the court's time. That's how bad it I'm about to be. Meanwhile, my second endeavor, they're scrambling And one of the key people in this took PTO. I know it was strategic because it's holiday, right? But there's all this scrambling and cramming to get this thing done at the last minute. And it shouldn't be done near a freaking holiday. We all know this in IT, but these guys don't listen. And there's all these things falling out. Then they expect me to jump in and fix. And I don't even know what's wrong or why it's wrong. Something works and then it breaks and nobody knows why or what the hell's going on. So I had to tell them and I told the manager I report to, check this. I told you back in November this is going to be a catastrophic failure. Here we are. I don't know what you want me to do about it, but at the end of the day, it's not about skill. It's about you could have avoided all these issues had you listened to me. Now you're paying me a crap ton of money to try to fix things that shouldn't need to. You're wasting money. That's not an effective use of my time. I, you know, I'll have to wait and see what time allows, but right now I'm close to telling them to kick rocks. I want to help them, but I need them to get back on track and listen to me when I tell them what's it, what is They're not as abrasive as this other joker. But again, there needs to be effective use of my time. No more of the time wasting. And I'm going to level set that once we get past this hurdle next week. There will be no more of wasting my time. I need you to listen to me. We will do it. Here's what I can offer. This is what we do or I'll walk. And the guy I report into, he doesn't want me to leave because he knows that we need skill sets. So I'm going to leverage that one. I'm putting them in. I'm putting them on notice, folks, because... I was checking my local savings account, a.k.a. the box. I keep cash in on the ATM runs, and I got to go down there again today. I got money for days. I got more money than I thought I did, plus the money that's in the bank, banks, plural. I got more money than I thought I did, so I'm sitting pretty. So now I'm about to start using my own leverage. As we get close to potentially President Santis, DeSantis, I don't think it's going to happen, but I'm just saying. It's time for me to start bowing up on my own and getting stuff back in order. Speaking of stuff back in order, let's get into the cryptocurrency. Let's start off with some numbers. Cryptocurrency is looking a little bit stale, not really crapping, but stale. Ethereum had a low of 17.7 and a high of 18.17, which means it's not really moving anywhere hardly at all. And on the month chart, I zoom out on, we are more red than green again. And we know what that means usually. Usually indicates that we are headed on our way down. That's usually what that means. Not always, but usually. 
Bitcoin down to 26.4. Remember, we were up at about, about 30,000 at a point. We were going up and then we started crashing down. The base on this looks like about 25K. So we have to see. We continue going down and what that means. I don't think it's a major crash, but I still think we're due one. I just right now don't think that it is, but that's where we are on the numbers. Long-term still looks decent good. Certainly not as good as it did before, but it still definitely does look decent good. And some of the meme tokens are starting to get some money flowing back in. The overall market cap is still $1.12 trillion, so there's no new money flowing into cryptocurrency. Just to be clear, what you're seeing in terms of chart shifts is the same people shifting money, basically robbing Peter to pay Paul and shifting over to projects that, you know, following into different things that they think are going to make him some cash. We're not seeing a new influx of money coming into cryptocurrency, which has some people nervous, rightfully so, frankly. Long-term still has positive opportunity. The memes just are taking over right now, and some of the lesser tokens are taking over right now, but I don't think that there's anything to it, in my personal opinion. So, like, if I look at Solana, great example. Solana looks like it's headed downward. Solana, remember, it peaked. It was like 360 bucks or whatever, and it went down to, like, $10 <laughs> at a low. But there are people now buying back into it. However, it's still on its way down because Bitcoin's on its way down. I'm, my point is, with all of the core coins, I still say they can never steer you wrong if you're going to stay in cryptocurrency. If all of this volatility bothers you, I would stay away from it. I was looking at the stock side, and I noticed this whole AI and NVIDIA garbage, you know, and then AMD started pumping because AMD is the primary competitor. So now NVIDIA, it went up, I want to say like 150 bucks, some crazy number. So a lot of money also is flowing over there. People that are getting back into the stock and tossing money over there, but the number, the dollar amount in cryptocurrency has not changed. So the point is, people are kind of moving money to different things they think are going to make them some profit. Nobody's really sitting on it long term, except for the, the whales. The whales believe in what they believe in, and they're not doing as much shifting, but they are taking profits where they see opportunities. And that's what you're going to see here. That's what you're going to see on the stock market. It's not exclusive to cryptocurrency. It's just annoying because you can't predict or plan around this, right? So that's what I see on the numbers. Let's start talking about hardware wallets. I got a preface first, just to be clear. I don't use a hardware wallet. The reason I don't use a hardware wallet is simple. The vast majority of hardware wallets require you to use a mobile phone, a smartphone, which I will not be using. However, some of them do support computers. It's just that the vast majority of those are not sold in the United States, which pisses me off. I'm going to talk about the ones I stumbled across. And then I want to respond. One of our triad members had asked the question. I want to respond to his inquiry with what I see to uh, hopefully address his concern. Because the whole ledger fiasco has people kind of nervous because they don't know what to think about these jokers. And I wish they hadn't done what they had done. They did. I wish they hadn't, but they did. And so it's got people hunting saying, is there anything else out there that we should be thinking about to maybe get away from this crap so that we're not having to uh, deal with this? And the truth is because I don't deal with hardware wallets like many other people do, it was difficult for me to really make a recommendation. Even with what I cover here today, I still can't recommend. We used to have SafePal as a sponsor, pseudo sponsor. I stopped supporting them because their payout structure is a joke. So I never got paid for anything that was bought through that link. And then their support was crap. They changed links behind the scenes. It was all kind of scummy. So I cut them off and stopped using them for that for that recommendation going forward. I just don't think much of them as a company. But I want to include them as I talk about these because some people may not care about their fundamental flaws. 
There's a couple of things to think about then with hardware wallets. Number one, like I said, the vast majority of them require a mobile phone, smartphone. If you're cool with smartphones or tablets that have NFT, uh, NFC, NFT, NFC, kudos to you, no problem. I'm not, but if you are, pretty much any of these should work for you. I will say that some of them, to get the most out of them, will require that you have a computer of some kind. I talked to some people who mind-bogglingly do not have a computer. I don't understand how people can function without a computer. However, if you're one of those that don't have a computer, I will tell you that the most of these, to maximize their use, you're going to need a computer. I would recommend to you to just simply foot the 300 bucks to just get a little small computer that you have that you use for actual strong business use instead of trying to live off your phone. That's just a recommendation to me. Without further ado, up top, one that caught my eye mostly because of its graphical design. It's a very visually friendly hardware wallet. It's called Keep Key. You have to buy this directly from their site. They do not sell it on like Amazon or anything else. You have to buy it directly from their site. It's coming from Switzerland. Uh, it's actually an exchange out in Switzerland that makes this wallet. And it just visually is probably the most attractive hardware wallet you can think of. It's got a little screen on it. It's got no, it's very minimalistic in its design, glass front. It comes packaged really nice, like a phone might be. It's like really cool looking. Now, the main thing you want to think about is, again, device support. This requires a Chrome extension. So on the computer side, do you have to install an extension for Chrome? I don't like that either. I don't want to have any sort of dependency that requires me change or add software to make the damn thing work. That's another reason I don't do hardware wallets. Because at that point, I might as well do a software wallet, in my opinion. So you do have to do a Chrome extension. If you don't use Chrome, like you use Firefox, you're probably screwed because I don't see they have a Firefox extension. This does have a backup mechanism to it. The backup mechanism looks like an offline deal. It supports third-party backup solutions if you want to use it. It doesn't have one on its own. It does not support a vast array of tokens. So the, the support for it is very slim. Bitcoin, Doge. Pretty much anything Ethereum, Dash, if you know Dash, it's a blockchain. Namecoin, which even I hadn't heard of. Litecoin and Bitcoin Cash. That's all it really supports. But if it has an ERC-20, basically an Ethereum variant of a token, so you know you have like wormhole tokens, or you might have something that you like, and it's available on Ethereum, you can hold those. You just can't hold the one that's on those dedicated blockchains. As far as I can tell, it does not support BNB. So if you had BNB tokens you know, whether it's BUSD or otherwise, you would have to swap them to the Ethereum variant, which you can use either Rich Quacks, Deal, I covered that a while ago, or there's a couple of them out there to do cross-chain swap. I think Pancake Swap even has something too. You'll need to do one of those to get it to the Ethereum version of the token in order to store it on the hardware wallet. You cannot store it on the Binance uh, blockchain as of the reason me recording this. Security-wise, they didn't have any concerns. Visually, obviously, it's very friendly. It's just the support of tokens is very slim. The need for a computer is important. And some people simply are anti-computer for whatever hell reason. The next one I'll cover is called Elipal. E-L-L-I-P-A-L. This one you buy directly from the manufacturer as well. However, it's available pretty much, I won't say worldwide, but they have Hong Kong, U.S., uh, Canada, uh, Denmark, I believe, and Australia. For shipping, this one's nice too. It also has a little helper for your code. So your um, passphrase, it has a little helper deal it comes with. 
nicely packaged. It looks like a phone visually. It's got a screen, whole nine. I'm not a fan of its connector. So it has an adapter connector for the SD card slot. I'm not really a fan of it. It's a little bit bulky and it, it needs a mobile device in order to make transactions. So what happens is there's a code that gets presented on the app on your phone. You scan that code with this device. It does the transaction then, and then you complete the transaction on the actual uh, device itself, which again, I it defeats the purpose to me. You might as well choose the mobile app. So I'm not a fan of that one. It also, in order to do firmware updates, you rely on the app. So everything relies on a mobile app, which doesn't work for me. However, it has a pretty wider, much wider array of tokens it supports. In addition to the ones I mentioned for the other one, it also supports Ripple, Stellar, Cardano, Tron, both TRC20 and TRC10, Digibyte, uh, and Tether, USDT, as well as EOS. So a little bit more token support on this one, visually nice and friendly. It does require the mobile app. So if you are a computer person like me, it's probably not for you, but if you wanted to be, because consider it, the mobile app, you're not off the grid with this thing. It talks to everything in the world. So it, somebody's going to know what you're doing if you're tinfoil like me. So I, I personally wouldn't use the Ellie Pal. However, if you're all in on mobile phones, it's a perfectly fine device. As long as you don't care about BNB tokens. The next one I'll talk about is Coolbit, or excuse me, Cool Wallet by Coolbit X. Cool Wallet S, looking at this one, it comes very nicely packaged. It has a, it has a form factor like a solid state drive. It just looks like a little drive that you hold. This one, I'm pretty sure does a Bluetooth-based transaction, so it's wireless synchronization. It does not need internet connection at all. It's slim on the tokens it supports, only Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, Ripple, and Bitcoin Cash. Only supported for mobile devices, once again, because it's a Bluetooth slash NFT-based communication, and you have to download an app to make it work, and it does not have very many tokens that it supports, unfortunately. Next one is called Decent, the letter D, apostrophe, sent, C-E-N-T. This one looks like one of those old MP3 players, visually. It's a nice, I like the form factor of this one, very nice looking device. Does a Bluetooth to a mobile device for that. It also supports biometrics, so you can fingerprint to unlock it and get through in to do things. You also have in this one, you download the app from the store. The wallet synchronizes on pretty much on its own. So you don't do a manual deal. You just pair it with the phone and it keeps itself in sync. Some people might not want that though. Supports a little bit more tokens. So this one supports Z in addition to the other ones I mentioned, Zcash, uh, the BNB tokens, Bitcoin private, which I hadn't even heard of. So it supports a little bit more tokens. This one has quite more tokens than others that I have seen in the past. And then again, you have to have a mobile device if you're going to use this one, but it does support biometrics, which some of the other ones do not. Trezor Model T. The Trezor line has been looked at as the strongest alternative to the Ledger wallets, historically. This one, I can't describe this one. It's a squarish device, and it's got a screen, a OLED screen that you can, not OLED, but a LCD screen, rather, touch screen, where you can enter your PIN. You do, it does support computers, which is very nice. Hercules, Hercules, package really nice. It's a very small device. It, you can put it in your pocket. It's completely out of the side. It's, it's smaller than many of the other ones. I, I, I love the way this one looks, I got to tell you. The setup's really nice because, again, you need to use a computer to set it up the first time. So I like that. I know some people don't because they don't have a computer, but this one does require that you have a computer in order to set up the first time. 
Compatibility-wise and just use, I think it's the most friendly because of the screen that it has. The barcodes and everything else that you can scan when you need to receive. So let's say somebody wants to send you some tokens, you can give them. You can just show up the screen. Here's the barcode. They, they scan it and do a send. I love that. I can't think positively enough about what I see in the form factor. Supports pretty much everything you think of. It supports, now there's a caveat to that, but supports Windows, Apple computers, Android. It doesn't say it supports Apple iPhones or iOS. If it doesn't, kudos to them, because I think iOS is crap, but I understand that a lot of people use Apple. So it looks like it may not support Apple Mobile. It does support the Mac OS. So you need to have an Apple computer that is supported for the initial setup. You need a computer anyway. So if you have an Android phone, and you really should, then it looks like it works perfectly fine after you set it up the first time. This one supports a vast array of tokens. I'm not going to list all these, but there's a lot that this one supports. The one notable standout I don't see, unless I'm missing it, is the Binance Smart Chain for the tokens. It supports all sorts of stuff that I've never even heard of, including Monero, for those interested in that one. I don't see Binance Smart Token. Uh, I don't. That's the only one I don't see. Everything else is at least heard of. Um, Hedera, I don't think see Hedera on that one. So, But it does support quite a bit of the other ones. Very nice interface. Solid, rock-solid guy. Just, again, the only thing that may be a deal-breaker to people would be the iOS. Uh, I don't see iOS compatibility in case you're interested in that one. Keep an eye out on this one for sure. I think it's the strongest competitor they have. That one I just talked about is available through their site. I don't think it's sold anywhere else. It's available through their site. Trezor Model T is the one you're specifically looking for. Highest rated so far. People seem to think very highly of this guy. The last one I'll talk about here in terms of the list of the ones I immediately was talking about and covering. This one I was looking at yesterday for myself. It's called Tangem, T-A-N-G-E-M, Wallet and Note. And this one looks like a looks like a credit card. And they have different ones, different designs. And I think it's an awesome freaking design. So since it's just like a card factor, it doesn't have its own screen. It does rely on a mobile app in order to do the synchronization. Android or iOS, which was a deal breaker for me. But it does support Bitcoin, Ripple, Tezos, Ethereum, Stellar, BNB, Doge, and Cardano. These are the vast majority of what you might want. Now, each of these tangents supports a different of the cryptocurrency. So there's a card for Doge, there's a card for Cardano, a card for Bitcoin, etc. which if you think of like your credit cards or something else, that's cool that they have this separation of the form factor. But if you're one of those who's like, I just want to store everything on one, this might not work for you. But if you're kind of like myself, we have different wallets anyway for different cryptocurrency. I like the idea, the concept of it. Probably the only thing that turns me off is the fact that it requires a mobile phone. If it was something I could use on the computer, and I understand its form factor doesn't make that make sense, but if it were something I could use on the computer, this would be an immediate buy for me just because I do like the idea of storing my crypto in separate of these types of uh, wallets because that's just what I like in myself personally. Now, the ask for one of our tribe members, Frantic, shout out to Frantic, was around NFTs on a hardware wallet. And the reason likely is because Ledger so far has been looked at as kind of the go-to for NFTs on hardware wallets. This remains the truth. It still, even now, is considered largely the best wallet for NFTs in the hardware space. Many of the hardware wallets have not looked into having NFT support. They only support the regular tokens. Now, an NFT is a different type of token, but they have to support that protocol, and many of them do not. 
Ledger is the only one standing out of saying, yes, we support these. There's there's one other brand and two models, but one other brand that I saw that supports NFTs that you might look at, and that's ironically Trezor. So the Trezor Model T that I just talked about says that it supports NFTs. I'm pretty sure these are going to only be Ethereum-based NFTs. That's my guess. That's my guess. I don't know for a fact. It doesn't say. It just says it does support NFTs along with your cryptocurrencies. Now, here's the thing. According to Trezor and according to the reviews, they say that the NFTs have to be on a blockchain network that's compatible with the firmware. Well, there's quite a few that are supported. So it's possible you could do other NFTs than just Ethereum because it supports over 1,200 different cryptocurrencies. But the, the catch is that it says, and I don't know what this means. I may actually consider buying one just to kick tires on it. But it says that the security may be in question if you go with Trezor because you have to use the, the software in order to use and interact with the NFTs. Or you can use MetaMask in order to increase the security. I don't know specifics of what all that means and what the security concern might be because I haven't seen the application in use for this. What I plan to do again is possibly consider buying one, seeing what it does kick tires, and I'll do a follow-on review because I like it otherwise. And if it turns out to be a viable option for NFT storage and retrieval and management, maybe something I look at. What I see is that it is actually available on the Amazon store. So I'll check the Amazon store. It's 219 bucks if you want to check it out yourself. The software interface doesn't tell me enough, though, about NFTs. That's kind of the problem for me to properly answer what the deal is on it. But I still do think it's worth looking at if you're interested in a hardware wallet. I think it's way cool is uh, the Trezor Model T. It's currently considered the strongest front runner to Ledger, given all the garbage that happened with Ledger uh, over the past. So that's what I got on hardware wallets. I'll stress again, it's challenging right now. Because all these vendors don't know, they're getting a big head and they're, they're, they're getting too big for their britches and they don't understand that what they say has broad-reaching impacts and they can't just go off talking about garbage like they're doing. But unfortunately, that's the way that they're doing it. So what I would suggest to you, strongly suggest, is no matter what, be careful with all this. Be careful, evaluate kick tires, check reviews. And, you know, again, it, at worst... Make sure you don't throw everything on the thing. Maybe your ones that you really need to secure or protect, like maybe you would only toss your Bitcoin on it. But at the same time, that's not maximizing the value of it either. I'm not telling you what to specifically do. I'm saying that I wouldn't want somebody to pretty much toss all their stuff on it and then turns out it has some security issue or something goes weird. It's just difficult to know. I don't see that anybody's complaining about Trezor at all. It seems like most people are pretty reasonably satisfied for it. The only complaints I see are people that feel like it's not worth the money, you know, $200, because theoretically you could spin up like a Raspberry Pi and do the same thing it's doing. And this is true. The question is, why would you do that? And maybe some people feel interested in that. I wouldn't. I think it's a joke, but that's the biggest complaint I see. They don't see the value for the money. I do, especially if security matters to you. Portability matters to you. The form factor matters to you. I, I think absolutely. If if you want something that's a good alternative ledger, I don't see a problem with it. I can't advocate it because, again, I don't use it myself. But from what I see, I think it's at least worth looking at if you're looking for an alternative hardware wallet for all your cryptocurrency and possibly your NFTs. 
that's going to do it for today's episode of Crypto Talk Radio, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net. I want to thank you for listening here today. I know you have choices, whether you're a new listener or a subscriber. We appreciate each and every one of you. Check out our site, CryptoTalkRadio.net. We have a contact form, the link's at the very top. We'd love to hear from you and how we're doing and what you like or what you don't like. We read each and every one of those. Also, check out our triad. The triad is a community that we're working to build forward of strong, smart investors, the ones that want to lead us into the next generation of cryptocurrency to evolve cryptocurrency into a more mature investment strategy for people, help people as they're growing and they get into this space. We don't want the ones that say the word Jeet and the ones that say the word Keck. We want the ones that treat this as a serious thing. Join us on our journey. Until next time, take care, be safe. Please don't YOLO into projects, any project. It doesn't matter what it is. Be smart with your investments. Make sure you always keep a roof over your head, food on your table. Your family comes first. Don't get stuck in this. Our goal is to try to help keep you safe, but we're only an informing source. There are a lot of sources out there, some of which are not really looking out for you. They're looking out for themselves. So always be careful with the advice that you take and what you do with that information is up to you, but just be smart about it is all we ask. See you next episode.